Welcome to Left Brain Atheist. I'm your host, James Hart. And I'm Sharon Smith. Today we're going to talk about agnosticism, addiction and religion, dying dreams, and schizophrenia. Schizophrenia and God. Schizophrenia and God. How do they relate? Which well, first, first we should start off with the agnosticism. That's your position. Yes, so far as I know. And why do you hold that position and what does it mean? means I don't have to really deal with anything uh, spiritual just yet. The answers will be revealed to me later on. I've had a near-death experience myself, so I sort of think there's something there, but my consciousness believes there's nothing there that after we die we go to sleep, but I'm not quite sure. So it's, it's just an honest position as to where I'm at in my spirituality. But it's a kind of a non-position. It's sitting on the fence. True, and that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting on the fence. I understand your position of Gnosticism because you have a condition where you hear voices in your head and it must seem like there is something out there that is supernatural. Is that true? That's true. It always points the way to something after this life. And uh, I used to believe it, God or whoever gave me a shit sandwich for life because my life was interrupted by mental illness. But um, I'm sort of turning things around, and I have faith in the human race because I've been treated so terribly by some but so well by others. So I believe that um, there might be something out there. Um, I don't know. It's like a game that's being played on me, and I fail and every time I try to play this game with my voices. But basically, it's a whole lot of hub-dub, a whole lot of non-reality, supernatural shit. For myself, I, um, I've i had psychosis experiences where I, I believed in supernatural things, but that went away with medication, and I, I have no access to anything supernatural, so I, I no longer believe in anything that I might have believed when I was delusional. Yeah. And a lot of ideas people have that they, they hold calmly and coldly, and like it's not a big deal to them, it's just what they believe, and they're, they're not... They're not being taken away to the hospital or anything. They're, those beliefs to me are equally delusional. They're just socially acceptable delusions. Yeah. I don't want to live in a delusional world. I want to live in reality, which is why I often tell you that atheism comforts me because it's, it's an end to all the power the voices have over me. Can you imagine playing a game with someone and only you knew the rules and the other person didn't know the rules? And they, they would play this game with, with you and... In my case, the voices knew the rules, but I didn't know. And I was so ignorant, and I got caught up in shit, and went through a lot of bad stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an unfair situation I'm in, and uh, I try not to believe in too much of it. Christopher Hitchens used to say that he, he wouldn't want to believe in a God that is like the God in the Bible. Do you kind of feel that way about supernatural things that you don't want to believe in supernatural things and it's like it's easier for you to believe that there's there's nothing supernatural? Like it's it's calmer or Well, um I haven't I had a near death quite early on in my life. I was about five years old and um I was on a rubber tube with my sister and we were having such a good time I decided to stand up and celebrate the day and stand up on this rubber tube and I, of course I fell over 
and I went underwater and I was, as I was kicking it pushed me further underneath the water and I remember being in this awful place with people screaming and screaming and then this one voice said say it to them and I noticed two angels up ahead above me and I, I told them like I'm not gonna make it in this life with this family I'm not gonna make it I'm not gonna do what I want to do and they, the angels told me that um, the first part of my life would be hard but then after that I, I should be fine and uh, so I, that was my near death and then I saw my dad running towards me because I was just below the water surface and I thought he was laughing screaming with laughter but he's actually screaming in fear and he was shaking and he took me to shore and I had to go to the hospital I didn't get enough oxygen and ever since then I started to hear voices and of course I have my theories some of my theories are that there are people that were at the gate trying to get in Heaven's Gate and I was almost there and they stuck with me they sort of tagged my soul or something and followed me through life because by the time I was six I was hearing voices in school well I sit here before you and I have no beliefs in any kind of God or anything does that does that kind of like would would God just go to certain people and not not atheists? No, like atheists are the ones that are left out, and all these personal experiences that people have, those are God touching certain people. Do you... An atheist atheist would be allowed into heaven, but they'd be allowed to have their own belief. If they didn't want to believe in God, they wouldn't have to. But I sort of believe in after you die, you you go on missions and you try to save people. Because I've heard angel voices in, in my midst throughout my childhood, and they were trying to save me from committing a bad act. Yeah. So you'd be behind the scenes as an atheist, just trying to save family members and people that were near and dear to you. But atheists don't believe in God, so an atheist in heaven is kind of nonsensical. I don't think there's it? a God in heaven. A lot of atheists, when they say, if I got to heaven, I'd say, like, I used the rationale that you gave me to yeah. look at the world, and this is what I discovered, and it's truly, honestly, what I believed. And, like, That's why fair. did you not show yourself? Because I, I really don't believe that there is an almighty God. I believe there's angels and demons. How could there be angels and demons? Without a God? No, just how could angels and demons exist? How could ghosts exist? How could alien abductions be real how could homeopathy be uh medicine <laughs> <laughs> all health. these things kind of flow from from atheism and atheists they they look at the natural world and and look at it scientifically and and there's problems with all these kind of con artists and people that are selling stuff selling religion selling selling fake medicine and this to them to, to atheists that's lying that's using people who believe in in supernatural things it's tricking them it's trickster behavior prankster it's it's not it's not a, it's, it's not honest it's not an honest thing to be doing i agree with that i don't i don't believe in all of them but my personal journey through life has always been with one I have two angels. I only know one of the names, and her name is Rose. She's an older woman, and she was cantankerous with me a lot, but she also saved my butt. When I was doing something really wrong, she would stop me. I would hear her voice. And there's a younger angel that's younger than her, 
And so those two I know, I know their voices. And um, it could just be my mental illness, which it probably is, but I have I don't put a lot of stock into it. I just believe that I should live the best life, not listen to the voices and help others. And that's basically what I do. My theory is that angels and all these things, voices, they're they're occurring within your head and uh you don't believe that, do you? No, but you just said, like, you use your own rationale, and this is the only way you can decipher such a matter. And so I think that's totally honest. I mean, you've never experienced it before, so how could you believe anything I had to say? So do you see yourself as an exception, someone who's in touch with the supernatural? No, I believe there's all kinds of voices and darkness and light and mystery. Do you believe in psychics? No. Our next subject is addiction and religion. Um, you're, I was thinking drugs and religion, and and but you you clarified that you meant um, addicted to religion, like being addicted. Yeah, it's a feel good medicine, isn't it? it? It's especially older people when they're at the end of their lives, they have religion to turn to, and they get spiritual and closer to God because that's their next destination. Um, it makes them feel good. It's a feel-good drug, and they feel all right with the world, and I accept that. Uh, it's their life they want to believe. You accept that? I accept. My, my mother going to church and doing the rosary when my dad had cancer. Every morning she'd go to church and pray for my dad, and she, her rosary was always in her purse, and she could always be, you know, it gave her comfort, and it gave her some kind of control that she didn't have in the world. But don't people care about what's true? They only yep. care about being happy. And as delusional as they can be, they don't care. Or I think they're just ignorant. They can't get to the rationale that you have. I have rationale? Yes, you do. Well, I'm schizophrenic also. Well, schizoaffective. Yeah, but you have rationale. You un you understand truth and and basically you don't buy into stuff that makes you feel better. You're you're not addicted to religion. I would be addicted to religion if it made me feel better, but I, I don't I don't think it really does make you feel better. It makes me feel worse that I'm deceiving myself. Yeah. That I'm trying to convince myself there's a God when there isn't one. It's it's nihilistic to me. It's it's talking to nothing, thinking about a nothingness and characterizing that nothingness as a person when nothingness is nothingness, it's completely lame. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn your crank, but for some people, it's what they think of that gets them through the day, and they teach their children these values. And it's, I believe that, like, I'm Catholic or a lapsed Catholic. I believe it, it was just there to organize society, to get people not to steal, to rape, or murder, and it was just a way to control the masses. But does it get people to not rape and murder? I think like, it used to. Prison populations are full of religious people. I think it's it at a time it did work to bring the human race forward. But it's no longer useful. It's no longer useful. I agree with that. It's not useful now. I don't think it was useful then. Uh, it was a terrible thing, witch burnings and all the terrible things in the name of religion and the Christian and wars. Theists bring up like Hitler and Stalin and stuff, and those guys weren't. They weren't atheists. An atheist is simply the belief that there is no God. It, it is no doctrine. It has no dogma. Whereas Christianity has a dogma. It has a doctrine. 
It has this god who commits genocide. It has. Did the communists these... have religion? I don't think they had religion. Communists were in Russia were atheist. Yeah, but... and they were trying to stop uh, religion and stuff. And yeah, but I went there. But that's like the reason they bring it up is because he mass murdered. That's, yeah, that's the terrible thing about Stalin. Yeah, but that he was atheist, it doesn't doesn't matter. Atheism is just a disbelief in God. Right. And just because you you're atheist doesn't mean you believe in mass murder. That's yeah, a exactly. Ridiculous thing that religion religious people put on atheists because um, they they, hate, don't, they hate them. There's no consequences to their actions in life. Like they won't go to hell because they don't believe in hell. Do you know anyone that's addicted to religion? Yeah, I know, um, you know, Shuli, her cousins. I grew up with her cousins. My sister was a roommate of one of her cousins, and I was best friends with her little sister. And they, religion is their life. They, um, they don't stay at sinners' house, houses, and uh, it really feeds, it's a lifestyle for them. It's not just going to church once a week. It's about... Uh, starting a choir, uh, writing music about God, putting on like uh, performances about about God, and I can't describe it. I saw some of one of her one of her productions. But everything they do is around God. It surrounds God, yeah. So that's are an they evangelical or? No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I never. We were Catholic, but they switched to fundamentalist religion. Fundamentalist Christ Christianity. Evan evangelical is there's fundamentalist evangelicalism that's like a big thing nowadays Calgary has some pretty big big box churches that are evangelical yeah one in particular on like near Center Street is um, Pastor Henry Shore's church yeah and I've gone and seen him he like does these sermons where he's like all talking about God and he's weeping and stuff he's like a televangelist kind of I think that's a mental illness. So people are eating that up these days. Evangelism, evangelicalism is is spreading. It's, it's on the it's on TV because I I watch cable and I have like three Christian networks on, and I'm just like I just want to watch public television. But now it, there's all these avenues for religious people to put themselves on TV and talk about Jesus. And I don't watch them. Uh, I. I, it doesn't spark my interest. I have no interest in it whatsoever. Trying to become saved and trying to preach to others. It doesn't interest me whatsoever. Well, you're kind of a... Um, maybe not a deist. Because God does do things. God, well, you don't call him God, do you? No. You're so, uh, why would God angels be? and demons is what you kind of see it as. Well, there's older religions besides Christianity that used to worship God as a mother until the whole paradigm shift and it went to males and but um, what do you really believe do you believe there's angels and demons do you believe that's true or i don't know i have no proof i hear it in my head but i can't say f it could just be a game these voices are playing on me and i'm not going to struggle through my whole life worrying about angels and demons i'm going to struggle with paying my bills getting more educated getting a good job, um, being good to my friends, taking good care of my apartment and my pet, those things are my values. And 
being caught up in some kind of religious cult or whatever is not an interest to me. But still you maintain that there is supernatural forces in the universe. Um, yeah, but as human beings, we'll never come across it. Maybe schizophrenics, the one in 100 of us that are diagnosed with schizophrenia are just enlightened a little bit. Why don't you accept what modern science has said about the, the mind, that the mind is an emergent property of the brain? Yeah, I believe that. But it, like I said, since I was six years old, I've had voices. That doesn't mean that there's, there's anything outside of you putting those voices there. Yeah, but I was demonically possessed once. Twice. Demonically where, possessed? Yeah, where I slid to the floor and I was laughing and the voice had taken over and I started doing bad things. Isn't that similar to my psychosis? Yeah, it's very similar, but for me it was demonic possession. So you, you have a mental illness, you have things that have happened that you accept are delusional. Yeah. But you have things that you accept as true, which I see as supernatural. Yeah, probably. I've never analyzed it too much before. I mean... Um, but you're kind of the position that you don't know. Yeah, I right? don't know. So that's, that's agnosticism. Yeah. I, I'm sitting on the fence because I have no proof, but it seems pretty real to me. But at the same time, I don't want to give it too much life. Well, an atheist would say, like, come on over here, like, stay off the fence. And a Christian would say, come on over here, stay off the fence. What do you, do? how do you, how do you live so, like, ambivalent with two forces pulling you? Well, I don't feel like Christians want me to be part of their party, and I don't think atheists can... You've never been proselytized by a Christian or... No. Jehovah Witness? No. Mormon? No. You've never been proselytized to? No. Huh. I've been proselytized too on the street. Oh, no, I've never encountered that. Our next subject is dying dreams. And I have dying dreams of being an artist, but uh, I tend to just now have them as like hobbies, my music and my writing and uh, different things are, are my hobbies now. What about you? Well, dying dreams all fit into the sort of uh, category of uh, a past where you wish you could have punched yourself in the face just before you burned every bridge that you did. For example, I used to work in the film industry and make $200 a day, dressing sets, coming up with costumes and all kinds of stuff. And I also had a steady job on weekends at a group home. And I had a pretty good life. I, I always had money. Um, I had interesting friends. And everything that I loved and was part of my joy disappeared when I was diagnosed. I had to go into hospital. I didn't know if I could work anymore. I had to go on disability, which was $800 a month. It was very poor. And uh, I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a doctor. I didn't know what to do. And I screwed everything up. At the time, I was quite wealthy. I had just gotten an insurance settlement. I could have made a film with that money. And instead, I got on my body dysmorphia tour where I spent all the money on looking good because I thought I was going to meet a rock star. During, were During you my on psychosis. Medication then? No, no. I went to. Were two, you, two had you three, been on medication previous? No, I went two or three years without medication before they caught me. 
and took me in and uh, and those were the years just before you got medicated yes and did you go off medication again several times yeah me too so it takes a while to learn your lesson yeah it's all the time I think I'm so rational and intelligent that I, I could never never be delusional again but it creeps in on you month yeah. after month yeah start having these feelings and like you start feeling kind of euphoria and you yeah have like, the brain chemistry is acting up I think on I'm you. gonna be like the greatest writer ever and I'm like writing this one time I was writing about cardboarding echoing and following it was like they, those meant like those were huge subjects and it was this story about this guy who's like dying in a bed and he's just speaking all this nonsense yeah and uh, I was obsessed with writing that and wow when I finally got medicated and stuff I stopped obsessing over it see my problem was the 1% perspiration and 99% inspiration I was so inspired but I wouldn't sit down and write my inspirational screenplays or my stories so you know how they say some screenwriters, you know, they, they sit down at the computer and they write one scene and they light a cigarette and have a glass of champagne and go, woohoo, this is going to make so much money, but they don't finish. So I'm 99% inspiration, only 1% perspiration, and it should be 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. <laughs> so I'm a little bit backwards. My dad thinks that because I wanted to be famous for so long, and my brother even mentioned that he said, you were so funny. You had such a thirst for fame. And um, my dad's like, that's that's your mental illness. That's exactly what you are. That's your desire to be an important person and to be famous and to know all these fancy people is your mental illness. So Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I wasn't so caught up in celebrities and stuff, but I had real alien fixations and... It's there's so many things going on in your head when you're psychotic. You can't describe it because you say like, "Well, it's about the aliens," but it's also like I was like fascinated with Copernicus, and I yeah. I thought I was speaking to Copernicus through aliens and different things. And there's all these faucets of like just pure delusion that would just rush into me, and my mind would race and just yeah. like go through subject after subject, and it would just connect everything that. Things yeah. that were not connected, that's a very schizophrenic thing yeah. to have like a lot of things that aren't connected. Yeah. It's very complex and I can't, I can't bring it, like I have, um, like you've seen the movie The Matrix, I have um, a trilogy that's sort of like that, but um, I think of scenes, I see them in my head, I understand, but I don't write them down, but they're to me pure genius. Um, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go into an old folks home and I'm going to write everything down and give it to my brother and my daughter and let them decide what they want to do with it. I don't think I'll make a break from my regular routine to become a screenwriter, but I am going to leave documents and my blog and there's going to be things behind, like these radio shows. One day my daughter might want to listen to them. Yeah. Why don't you, like, um, my way I look back at all those delusions is I think they were all unreal and why why don't why don't you become atheist because because of your schizophrenia like what? like I did like I felt like it just blew my mind totally out and like 
after you have all these experiences, you understand all these peoples with religious convictions that they had these one experiences and stuff. It's obvious that you can talk to God and you can see angels, you can see ghosts, and it all occurs within your mind and it is your schizophrenia that's causing it. Yes, that's true, but it's, it's history. I have a history with these voices. I remember, this is how strong it was for me. I remember I was supposed to meet Leonard, no, no, it wasn't Leonard Cohen, it was Bob Dylan's son. That was supposed to be my boyfriend. Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan. And I was supposed to meet him outside of my house, and I brought an extra pop for him because I thought I would meet him because he's like, meet me outside, meet me outside. And I thought I'd really bump into the real Bob Dylan's son. So I got outside, and I sat on this big rock outside my house, and he, I could feel myself being pushed down. And it was like he raped me. That's what I, I was like a virgin, of course. I was like 14, 15. And I felt like he raped me. And I remember walking back to my house so depressed. And I remember the, the crowds of women that were following me and laughing at me because I was, he didn't like me because I was fat and he thought I was ugly. And so years later, I forgot all about that. But then sure enough, I always felt like I had been raped and I don't remember anyone doing it. But I went and got counseling for rape at Women Against Women Against Women Against Violence Against Women, WAVA. And I went to a rape seminar because it was so, that, and I, I honestly thought I had forgotten about it and I thought it was my dad or my uncle or my grandfather that did it to me and I couldn't uncover. You know, somehow girls are trying to remember their trauma and it's hidden and I thought I was one of those girls. And really, now that I look back, it just was, artificial reality that I experienced as a teenager of being raped, but I wasn't raped. And I always believed that I had a baby from this rape and somewhere this baby and I thought, have you seen the movie Fire Walk With Me? No. Uh, what's his name? Oh, he's a filmmaker, but I thought his movies were about me and and I thought I was fire and his... Danny Boyle? No, not Danny Boyle. It was... Um, Eraserhead, have you seen that movie? Yeah. Who's that filmmaker? Um, Stanley Kubrick? No, no, no. <laughs> He's an American. He's, uh, I can't remember. Okay, well, our, our next subject is schizophrenia. We kind of talked about that a, a bit. Schizophrenia and God. Schizophrenia and God. Um, how, how would you define schizophrenia? Most schizophrenics believe they're important people like God. I have a friend who, who often goes, so have you figured it out yet? And I know he means that he's God, and I don't get into it with him. But but uh, apart from God, what do you, how would you define schizophrenia? Oh, I would define it as the positive and negative symptoms. Yeah. I have been saying it's being caught in a spiritual dimension while you live out your life. I've described it as that for many years. And the positive symptoms would be like hallucinations, uh, auditory hallucinations, voices, delusions, thought disorder. Um, negative symptoms negative are symptoms depression. Would be lack of motivation, uh, loss of interest in activities you used to enjoy, um, depression, uh, inertia, kind of like feeling like you no don't momentum. Do anything. Yeah. So that is schizophrenia as far as I'm concerned too. And for me, the, the positive symptoms occur during, during psychosis and then 
negative symptoms occurred when I was medicated. So I kind of that's how I kind of see it, but that's not everyone. There's people who suffer the negative symptoms without being on medication. They suffer the positive symptoms while they're on medication. Yeah, some some for me medication doesn't take the voices away. And that's why you're agnostic, right? Uh-huh. That's why you don't know if there's How would I know? superstitious things in the world. How would I know? Do you think God is a superstition? That's the wrong word for it. I think he's an old fallacy that's always been around. Well, fallacy is just as strong. It's, um, it's just something you need to get through your day to give your life purpose and meaning and hope and self-determination to guide you through your own life. In my case, it's to guide me through recovery. Well, that about wraps up our show. Did you have any last words to say? No, I don't have any. I had a good time talk talking about this. All right, peace out. Peace out.